Heads up tonight. Could get a little chippy out there. Let's win that first shift though. Show some energy. Going to little Jungle B with Cody CC. Oh, there's a lot going on with Cody CC. Stay out of the Jungle B penalty box. Game on. Game on, eh? Grab the nuts, sticks in the middle. Time for the episode 19 of Straight Off the Pipe. Proud part of the Heavy Hockey Network. As always, I am Dash in the box beside me, Cellbox 99. We got Michael Thomas Dersa. Uh -huh. Buddy, the Oils can't lose. Here in Edmonton, we got nice bison. And uh, you apparently have some sort of bromance going on with a sloths flamed fan. You two looked like you were playing podcast footsie last week. That was a little bit gross. Oh, so you're going to go down the, you're not a fan of Jerome McGinley train, are you? Oh, the fan of Jerome Aginla. Is that where we start with this? I Man, guess. Who was, that who was that clown shoe? Where did you find that guy? Jerome? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Jason, Peanut, Pigskin, Pucks. I don't know. Sounds like a guy obsessed with the capital letter P to me. That's a lot of P's going on there, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You look lost without me, buddy. I'm just oh, saying. Well, yeah. I mean, it's back to Oiler talk now. The uh, we're getting we're getting close. Getting close to the regular season. We're getting close, man. We're getting close. We're getting close. Yeah, that uh, that top five list you guys were sharing was interesting for sure. Jerome McGinley, of course, that's a guy on the list. Um, I don't know how he leaves. Joe Newendike off of that list. You've got one center and one Stanley Cup in the history of your franchise, and the guy that was the center for that team can't make your top five. You guys got, dude, he had Mike Vernon in that top five? <laughs> like, what, what, what's going on there? The only top five list Mike Vernon's ever been on is like at Cowboys Nightclub in Calgary. And it's, you know, like top five most consumed. Top, top five amount of times you've been asked to leave. <laughs> I, I, that, was, that was interesting, you guys playing like tummy sticks and tiddlywinks there. I don't know, like it. And ask Dursa to narrow down a list. Holy shit, brother. Like, I gave you a top 10 and you come at me, bro, with a top 35 that night. Poor Jason. Poor Jason, if I'm to take his side at all on anything, he gives you a top five and you give him a top 14. Holy shit, man. You flip-flop more than Dustin Penner at IHOP. Ooh. That's a hot take. <laughs> it's a hot pancake. <laughs> yeah, they don't call them pancakes for nothing. No, this is why I say it. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I hope you guys had fun. He takes the Rock's cheat day and just applies that to every day, but that's okay. Yeah, that's good. Who, Rick from Red Deer there? Or what, what, are, you talking, what are you talking about? No, no, pens. <laughs> oh, Penner, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, with the mustache they both contain, it's, I can see the the mistake I'd make there. <laughs> Anyways. You, you know, uh, I didn't... Why is that guy coming at me on Twitter today? What, like, what? who the hell? What a clown shoot. Seriously. I, I, I didn't think we were going down this road at all, but I'll see. Yeah, this. I know. The I don't plan you for anything. Why, the, the, how much fun would that be? The funniest thing I've ever heard Penner say was on Hockey Night in Canada when Scott Oak asked him, uh, how did you get in such great shape? Well, he says, uh, 
I've cut back on the wheat-based drinks and Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> that was that was the funniest thing I've ever heard on on After Hours ever. Like, oh man, uh, the wheat-based drinks, the weed, and the Sour Patch Kids. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. you know, with Penner, you never know. He was yeah. a beauty man. Yeah, I, you know, I was at one game that I'll never forget of his where um, Hemsky got kind of gooned. So he, he picks up this guy from the stars, picks him up with his left hand, hits him with his right, the fight's over, one punch, that was it. Same game, he walks down, and he's like on an, an impossible angle on Turco. And I don't know why the fuck he was way on the right, but he, he's coming in way out, like on a sharp angle, and he doesn't have any net. Turco's got him covered, and all of a sudden the puck goes in over Marty's uh, sh- shoulder, and you know he scores a goal. So I think he was an assist away from the Gordie Howe hat trick that night, uh, you know. So I, I, I happened to see him play. Not the only time in his career. I, yeah, I happened to see him play a pretty good, uh, pretty good hockey game once. <laughs> once or twice. Yeah. So you watched the game. I hope Zach's okay. You heard anything? Uh, I haven't. Uh, it was good to see him skate off on his own and not need a stretcher, though. Yeah, agreed. But he looked pretty yeah. still when he hit the ice. I think it's scary. I think he was holding his face because I don't think uh, he he had all his uh, liquids inside his body anymore. I think he was bleeding pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, you know like we've talked about the the need Zach would need from a from a crowd push this year to be able to play his old style a little bit. And I think every time that topic comes up, I. I uh, talk under my breath about the the fact that we may never see that same Zach Cassian again. And, you know, I I hinted at this earlier in, you know, podcasts ago that I'm a recent dad. I'm a different dude now. I I think about things differently and the risks I want to take. And, uh, you know, Zach just had a second beautiful daughter and and had a, you know, an aggressive year last year and comes out and I, I hate to see something like this happen man like it, it, it just i hope you're okay just zach but honestly like this is the type of thing that ends careers right here um yeah i mean anytime you want to go get a side beat in again any, yeah any anytime you step on that ice something something can happen you know um, to me that was a bit of a, a freak accident and and uh good to see him get off the ice and i hope he's okay yeah. i hope i hope it's not something that kind of derails him for a long time here um. Yeah, Ho- hopefully yeah. it's hopefully it's not too serious. I think it's a good sign that he skated off the ice, you know, by himself. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm no doctor, but I skated uh, off the ice after a few concussions, and me too. That that looked a little. Me too. I mean, and 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 it's like that. And I mean, he got up under his own, you know, steam, but there was a lot of help getting uh, off the ice by Cody CC and Duncan Keith there, so. Yeah. Well, at least Duncan Keith's good for something. Hey, I mean that's 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 something that you know um, other guys could have got there to to help carry him off, but it was Keith and Cece that that did it. So um, <laughs> I, that's time on the ice that just doesn't show up in the war percentages and the stats, does it? Hey, eh? that that left yeah. shoulder you hand to your teammate to get him off the ice when he's a when he's yeah. a wet spaghetti noodle. Yeah, it'll be a new stat coming up uh, for. Uh, keep Duncan Keith in the league another year but well Ken Holland might invent that stat just so he can justify the top dollar he paid for that type of leadership right there there we are hey leadership Ken he's Duncan Keith's oozing it you know now that he's got a shot that he was fucking two weeks late for 
Yeah. Um, I guess we're, we're, we're on the Duncan Keith train, so I'll say this. I, I, I you know, the last game against uh, Calgary, I missed – I missed the first period. I was doing <laughs> cleaning yeah. my cleaning my garage, but like uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I got a little breakdown on it because uh, you know I, I I know lots of people want to give him flack, but uh, uh, so the first period, I don't think really any of our D were were uh, shining stars by any means, but in the second period, I saw a beautiful stretch pass from Nurse who sprung. JP for a breakaway around the 15-minute mark to no avail. And then I think it was the very next shift, uh, Keith Keith hit Cassian at the far blue line with another great stretch pass, uh, also to no avail. That was at about the 13.50 mark. And then Lamborghini Perlini got uh, <laughs> got another got another goal. Um, not, you know, I... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think Stevie Wonder could keep him off the team with the way he's played. Um, yeah. Keith Keith, uh, Keith also fed Dreisaitl and Dreisaitl to JP, and we have a hockey game. That, that made it 3-2. Um, I, w- I wouldn't exactly call it a glorious uh, assist on Duncan Keith's part. It was kind of a quick out, kind of mash the puck up, up, to, the, up, to, up to Leon, and, and Leon made a nice play to JP to... Make it a hockey game. What's and, your point? Well, my point is uh, Keith in back-to-back games has got an assist, so I don't know how oh, I can... Pfft, I nice don't know assist how, tonight. T- tonight's was a nice assist. It was a clapper on net that got tipped in. I mean, okay. we're not we're not going to count that now? No, we count those. There's no pictures on the score sheet, but if we're talking about Duncan Keith being able to execute a stress stretch pass here and there oh a plus bro like great he can still pass a puck from time to time versus a bunch of ahlers to zach cassian well speed dude well, well, well watch him try to break up 10 cycles in a row and see how many times he breaks up watch him try to close 10 gaps in a row and see how many gaps he closes dude he doesn't look good out there his his skating isn't what it used to be i i i fear what we have is our second line pairing after i've seen what keith and cc pull off here and it's exactly what i told you was going to happen did you watch tonight i did did you zero in on him more i did for sure did you see how he panicked and iced it all the time did you see how he took two stupid penalties did you, you think did you, you see how he couldn't you, break up a cycle for you think the se- you think the second penalty was a stupid penalty it, it, was it a good penalty was it even a penalty or was it somebody? Or, or or is it or is it somebody that's strong and just pu- and just pushed his man to the ice? That's what I saw there. Whatever, man. I do, yeah. And, and they and they called that holding. Call it what you want. If he's, two minutes if, it, if he's if he's holding the guy, why is he dropping his man? You sound pretty fucking hypocritical that I can't count a picture on a score sheet for a goal, but you can all of a sudden talk about a picture on a score sheet for a penalty tonight, bro. I, I'm looking at the play. I'm watching oh. the play. I'm oh, watching. I can't. But I can't watch Keith score a goal and tell you that it's a garbage assist. It was a slap shot on net that got oh, tipped in the net. Way to go. He put it towards the broadside of a barn and it bounced no, it, was, it, it, was, it was right towards the middle of the net. No, no credit to Ryan there at all. Yeah. Ryan tipped it in. It was credit yeah. to him. I never took credit away from Derek Ryan, but you want to take credit away from Why are you trying to drive Ryan out of town? What's your deal tonight? Why are you so- <laughs> like I, he's played well, man? It's you podcast media around here, always trying to get guys out of this city, you know? 
fucking Derek. Ryan played great. Get off his back, man. What did they give you in the in the hospital there, my man? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was bored on the LTIR, all right? I've had a lot of time to think. I've had a lot of time to watch. And you and that freaking flames clown <laughs> last week, you you brought him on. He brought the energy level up from a five to a three. I was I was in my hospital bed scrambling for the suck knob to try to turn it down. Like man, he's coming at me on Twitter today, like he tried to replace me, buddy. You could not pod past my pinky finger. <laughs> Once I figure out what suck knob is, uh, I'll be I'll be right with you. Fubar, buddy. Oh, okay. The old Fubar movie. Yeah. Um, You're on your toes, eh? I, you don't know where I'm going tonight. What's wrong with you? No, you're throwing me off with some of the shit that's coming to your We didn't talk all week, barely, hey? (laughs) Usually we have some plan, we have some structure, and I don't know. I just didn't want to talk to you. Let's just drop the Ah. flippers and go. You you know, almost, uh, I said this to you earlier today, but I'll I'll pretend like I never. It's it's making Tyson Berry fly under the radar with everybody hot on on Keith's ass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's for sure. Eh? He's like got a shield beside him. I, I thought, you know, I thought tonight our our, our D was a, a better as a you know a six man unit. I, I I didn't really have much issue with our, our defense. Um, you know, what did Vancouver get tonight? It was it was a couple of power play goals, and one of them was on the back of Duncan Keith. Um, I thought Chris Russell, you know, in his first game back was all right, but uh, yeah, th- that interference call that. <laughs> Uh, he did. He, he earned that. that, that was, yeah, that was that was uh, not not his finest hour. And Dave Tippett's on the bench, shaking his head. Um, exactly. No, you know, I totally agree. I got. I got to ask you something. You know, it's it's 2021, right? Why the fuck can't we invent a goalie mask that doesn't come off when you need it the most? <laughs> like Smith gets bumped and it's off, and he's he's running the risk of smashing his head into the ice and being on LTIR too, like. Uh, how many times did his lid come off tonight? Like three or four? Like it's that's just... all part of the strategy. That's a veteran move. That's like a free timeout. Yeah, you make sure one of those straps is but, a little loose. You give her a little wiggle and bang. That yeah, three, but that, three, forty-five that, seconds. That first collision where automatic nurse, whistle. Come on, you think this is Mike Smith's first rodeo, buddy? Yeah, we're we're nurse and uh, the I think maybe it was McEwen. Both uh, went off. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean. That that could have been bad. His his lid came off really when he needed it, and yeah, uh, it's just uh, I I just like what the fuck, man. Like, oh man, you get mad at like forwards, you know, that have a chin strap that's that's kind of like down here, right? Like the Todd Bertuzzi special. Yeah, Smitty. You think goalies would need it more? I mean, they're 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 putting their head in front of hundred mile an hour slap shots, and, and it's coming off. At, uh, you know, they look like a bobblehead doll to get it off, and then it comes off and. I'm telling you, it doesn't come off mid-save, mid-shot. It comes off when you're bumped or collided or you're in a schmuck and yeah. you're in a scrum. And that's when you want your lid to come off because it's an automatic whistle and it's a free timeout. I'm telling yeah. you, man, that's yeah. by design. Yeah, I think Roly actually invented that back in the day. For um, sure. Well, Dominic Asik before that. Yeah. Yeah. So w- w- what do you think about this? Like, you know, Duncan Keith was uh, mesmerized by our power play after his first game. What do you think about the power play? You know, I mean, it's it's kind of a tap in here for you, but does it look better to you this year than it did last, even? 
more dangerous? Uh, I don't know why you got to reference Duncan Keith in there to talk about the power play. Nice name drop. Um, Duncan Keith. Because I know it bothers you. Because I, I, I know it bothers you. That's why. Oh, thanks for pushing my buttons. You, you really need to. You should do more of that tonight. You wanted to get after it, so let's go. Oh, push, poke then, buddy. Let's go. Yeah, I don't know. Duncan Keith mesmerized, maybe because he's never played with the two best players in the history of hockey on his line before. Like, of course he's going to be mesmerized. There's never been anything like these two. Gretzky's the greatest player to ever play the game. Yager's the greatest European to ever play the game. At the end of the day, those guys aren't as good as what McDavid is. If you put McDavid in your time machine, you said it's 2021, throw me eight miles an hour back in the DeLorean. McDavid with his coaching, his skill, his equipment versus 1984 Gretzky. It, with Gretzky's training equipment and everything, he did, McDavid's a 10-point-a-game player. I'm not even kidding. Maybe more. Like it's These two guys are two of the top five players to ever play the game. Uh, two years ago, we had the best power play in the history of what? I don't know. Like, to quote me and come at me, I guess, whatever. It's, 40 years or something we had the best power play in we were five percentage better than the second best power play in the league and then somehow last season it gets better was it gonna get better again this year sure man mcdavid's better dry better nurse and barry have more experience there we've got playarvi as a real net front presence we won't have tippet going to chase on all the time if it's not going to be playarvi it's got hyman we've got that one three one that we play is potentially the best power play in the history of the NHL. And it may go down as the best power play in the history of the NHL. What do you think? Um, yeah, no, I think with the addition of Zach Hyman and, and Jesse inevitably getting more time and, you know, you take Barry off and you put a nurse out there and exactly and it's, it's not really much of a drop off, you know? So exactly. Um, yeah, no, I like it. I think, you know, James Neal and Alex Chason were decent net front presence, but I think Hyman and, and Pugliarvi are going to be that much better. And, um, you know, it's flying maybe a little bit under the radar, but I think Pugliarvi's shots improved over the summer. Um, he's hammering the sure. puck. He's hammering the He's puck. skating faster. Man, he, well, he had hip surgery. He's got, like, this is last year was the first time he was getting used to that new body. Yeah. Now he's, how old is he, man? Twenty. 20- Two twenty-three. Yeah, I think so. That's you know he's growing twenty-one. He's growing into that body, and you know, like finally becoming a man, finally growing into that new hip, finally getting strong, finally getting confident. You've probably had knee and ankle injuries. It's it's a it's a mind fuck to try to trust that body part when you know you're going into a high pressure situation, and you know, got a thing like a hip or a knee or an ankle. Like I, I man, Bob Stocker said it sixteen times tonight that Jeff, Jesse Pugliarvi is <laughs> taking the next step into becoming a. Uh, um, absolute performance, productive forward. So I, I think it's been great to see that. Um, you know, you want to talk about that power play. Like, it's, who, who? I'll ask you questions to answer your question. Who would you rather have? Okay, on a one-three-one, who would you rather have playing a half wall than McDavid or Nuge? Who? Two past number one overall picks, the best player in the world. Who else would you want? Yeah. No. I mean. If you go back in in sort of recent history, you're you've got you've got your Doug Waite, you've got your Alashemsky, and mm-hmm. and, the, and those are the guys that, that can do mm-hmm. kind of the things that um, these guys are doing. But then after that, you had nothing else, right? So now, so now you got Leon, you know, on that right side, dropping down on one knee, looking like a young Brett Hall hammering pucks home. I mean, that that's 
that's quite the weapon. And, you know... Um, well, he plays the middle so well because he can pass both ways off his backhand and his forehand. Who else would you rather have in the middle than a Rocket Richard 50-goal scorer that can play off both sides of his stick as, as good as the other? And, and it's like such check, a... check, check. Is such a brilliant passer. I mean, that's right. as good a goal scorer he is. He's probably a better passer, and that's unbelievable. He's a fifty it, goal man, right? And he's right? playing a power play with a similar player that you could say the same thing about. Is McDavid a better passer or, or shooter or scorer? And you know, he's a better passer. That's obvious. But man, who else could put up that argument? Those two guys. That now all of a sudden the depth on the quarterback with with Nurse and or Barry slipping in there. And then depth on the net front presence on your on your on your you know tip of your umbrella on the one three one. Now you got them, those kind of puck retrieval defensemen that have the net front presence and touch are so rare, man. Like to go and and win a board battle like a Mikkel Rantanen can every single time, or you know uh, uh, Zach Hyman is known for it in Toronto. Jesse Playarvi is unbelievable. You can get the puck off those guys. Right, and so now you've got those guys tracking pucks into the corner, winning cycles, and getting it to the front of the net. And they have the touch that Chase on had, if not maybe better. They've got the inside touch like a James Van Riemsdyk. So I don't know, man. I, I do. I think this power play could get better. Is that ridiculous? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is ridiculous yeah. that it could get better. Or ridiculous that I said it. Uh, no, ridiculous that it could get better. I, I mean, yeah. you'd be. Uh... I'm not out of line though, right? No. No, no. Um, what do you think about this happened against Calgary when we were trailing and it was all night tonight, you know, go, going back to, you know, McClellan um, go-to move of, of pairing up Connor and Leon and uh, I guess JP on the, <laughs> on the yeah. way. If it's going to take that move over from Todd McClellan. So yeah, it's like so. What? It's a big controversy now that we're going to play those two guys together. Well, yeah. I mean, I want to know what you think about doing it, and then I'll I'll tell you what what I think of it. What do I think about Tippett going to McDavid and Drysaddle as a pair? I think he did it last preseason season game, and it caused a stir, which I don't understand because it's something that they're going to have to do in the regular season anyways. So why wouldn't you try it? That's what the preseason is for. I think that's good coaching by Tippett to try and see how that chemistry flies they you know got to play at least a couple of shifts together before the regular season starts it doesn't matter what coach it's been to tip at mcclellan for the last five years that's been the go-to if you need if you're down by a goal you put those two together man it's i think low low tide said it today it's like a guaranteed goal um how can you not go to that so for them to be practicing it for them to be looking at it i think um i think it's not asinine by any stretch in fact it excites me more than it ever has because at the end now we you know ultimately we essentially have the best top nine we've had since 1990 and so if we do have to go to mcdavid and dry or mcdry on the top line um tell me the right winger i think you said Pugliarvi. would you be upset if it was fogel would you be upset if it was a healthy cassian would you be upset if it was a yamamoto stick any of those guys there you have, still have a second line of Nuge, Hyman, you, you know what I mean? Like stick Yamo up there or, or, or Cassian who's got some experience or whoever up on that top line with Dreisaitl and David, even if it's Playarvi and you have those three big horses, um, you've still got Fogel, 
Hyman Nuge as a second line, you know, or, or even a Yamo to slip in there, or even a Holloway, or even... I think this is the most exciting time to try McDavid and Dreisaitl together because if we can get them on that guaranteed goal type of uh, magic on the ice and then throw a second or a third line out there that can still hum, whew, that would be fun, man. God damn it, we're agreeing here. Ah, <laughs> uh, next topic. Yeah, no, you know, like... Uh, uh, we can't lot... disagree on everything. There is some common sense to this podcast. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of people that think you have to put McDavid as your first line center, Leon's your second. Who cares? Well, now that there's some depth in, in, the, in the forward ranks, you can you can load up that line and still have some other stuff coming at you that, that has potential to do some damage. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I'd like to I'd like to see more you know push from uh, Nuge and Hyman and uh, you know they had tourists tonight and, and I thought they were okay but I'd like to see you know some actual results come from that um, you know I, I'm liking Warren Fogle a lot and Derek Ryan has has skill and he's going to be just fine. It's like shitty. those two together. It, it's shitty that, you know, Cass kind of went down tonight. And like I say, hopefully yeah. it, it's not too serious because, you know, in in games where you need it, that could be a real, real good line. That could be a line that inflicts a lot of damage. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Benson? He, I didn't think he played bad. I didn't think he had a terrible preseason. I just don't think he played good enough. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. when you got Lamborghini Perlini scoring at a goal per game clip, um, you've got Turris that, you know, is clearly looks hungry at the very least. Um, he's always had that hockey IQ. I'm a little bit scared because I find the preseason um, can benefit a player similarly to how an AHL regular season game could. Like some of those not so fleet of foot guys can make a lot of different mistakes or have an extra split second in those games and, and I think that's where tourists maybe lack so we'll see but at the end of the day I think there's still some some depth there too right whether Holloway steps up or, or um, you know somebody else that can can fill that role I'm, I'm not that concerned about it um, yeah Erlini that's what I was looking for yeah yeah and uh, <clears throat> yeah I you know this, this I don't game- know it's going to get a little interesting because Yamo's kind of banged up a little bit. Don't yeah. know. Don't know what the always will be, man. Don't yeah. Don't know what the full extent of what happened to Cassian, you know, is going to be. So the right it's an side open door for Benson. The right side is is uh, you know battered a little bit. So yeah, I wonder what goes on. I mean, yeah, interesting. Colton Sevier never hurt us, but he didn't really help us. So I, I don't know what they end up doing with that PT. PTO and yeah, probably comes down to his penalty killing. I think that's really the difference that I saw. Uh, you just led me to another question I want to ask you. How yeah, many hammer sh- away, man. How many shorthanded goals do you think Nugent Hyman are going to score this year? Um, let's see. okay. I'm not even going to push away from an actual <laughs> number. They're going to combined. Yeah. Uh, six. Six. Wow. But, but it won't be as money as Brad Marchand. Well, there you go. So you think the two of them together are going to have six shorties? Ha- yeah. Uh, um, do you have some knowledge to this? Like, uh, do you know how many Hyman had last year, or are you just? Taking uh, this, no, I take- don't know if I looked at shorthanded goals. I've just 
I just the, the way that he could retrieve pucks, I think, is is pretty you know glaring on the on the penalty kill and. Um, Nuge has always had that touch, so I just think you know it, it takes either one of them to get a break and and go that way. They're they're both dangerous. They're both able to shoot. They're both able to skate. And I was going to say five, but I didn't want to be a you know too much of a wuss. No, six is uh, definitely uh, going all in. Didn't uh, Sean have like six or seven himself? Yeah, but he's he's pretty. He's got a knack for it. Um, wow. I, I was watching him tonight, and I'm thinking, you know, at least three. So I'm, I'm being kind of uh, very lame there. You're not, as, <laughs> not, not as bold as you, but I definitely, like, I see that they, they have the ability to, you know, make some stuff happen shorthanded just by watching a couple of their kills tonight. I think. I think yeah, for sure. What did you say in particular that made you want to ask that? Uh, just on one of the kills tonight. It, you know, I'm think I'm looking at them and the way they picked up the puck and uh, I think Hyman had it. And Nuge was kind of leaking out a little early, and I'm thinking, okay, once these guys learn that they're they can, you know, go for it a little bit, uh, they'll start doing some damage. So Zach Hyman didn't have any shorties last year. He had oh, one okay. in each of the previous three years, but he had four of them in sixteen seventeen. Um. Yeah. I don't know if you heard yesterday on the on the Gregor show, uh, Jim Playfair was on and he said from the top of the circles oh, to, to the net in his own zone, he's as fast as any defender in the league, and that was Who is? that was in reference to Duncan Keith. So, oh, sorry. And, and I wanted to touch on this a little bit because I, I you know, that that's important a little bit, but uh, I think really, honestly, a lot of defending. One of the important parts is, you know, not making stupid pinches, <laughs> and not getting and not getting beat at the far blue line and leading to breakaways. I think that's that's a huge part of of defending, and that's the part I'm interested in watching. Isn't that Playfair just giving a politician's answer? That's like know. saying that's like saying Duncan Keith is fast as long as he doesn't have to skate further than ten feet. How is that relevant? Well. If you're into a cycle, quick. if you're sure. into, if you're into a cycle game, a heavy cycle game, it's pretty important. Sure, you can be quick like a little jitterbug in the defensive end, and that might help you in the cycle. And I know Duncan Keith isn't that fun to play against. He can be a vicious little prick, but he's and he's and I don't think he's scared either. I just think that sure, I'll agree with Playfair. Sure, he might be one of the fastest, but when it's outside of the top of the circles and beyond. He's one of the slowest. The, the, I, I still see him having a hard time closing gaps. I think his decision making is is um, um, okay. he's not confident in his decision making on when to, to pinch and close gaps, and he he just looks awkward sometimes. He panics. Okay, uh, I'm going to ask you this from a left wing kind of standpoint, but you know, to me, you back off, you back off, but once that the opposition nears the blue line, that's when you attack your blue line. Sure. Till some forward decides that his edge work is better than yours and well, fakes you one way and you're not athletic enough or you don't have the edge work skill to get back and recover. Look yeah. what Connor McDavid did to Morgan Riley, man. That's an edge work play. He 
remember that game that, as another example that Connor McDavid came back from his collarbone and it was at Columbus he played against and sent two guys from Columbus sliding into the corner face first into the boards. Like that's that's edge work. That's the new NHL. That's how guys skate now. That's how guys create space. That's how guys Duncan Keith does you're you're talking you're talking what I learned and what you learned when we were in midget, man. Yeah, you, you cl- don't let them gain your blue line. You close the gap. You pinch. You, you know, if they get past you, you let your goalie take the shot and you take wow. away the pass. And man, it's, the NHL is more than that now, you, Durst. It, you you, you got to watch guys' feet. You got to watch their triangle. You watch their you watch you watch their feet. You're burnt. You're dead. Well, it's the yeah. it's the whole triangle, right? It's your stick and your two feet, and that's that. It's that's talked about a lot. And there's nobody. Nobody that attacks a triangle in hockey like Connor McDavid. He does things that, you know, he he does things without. People talk about it here. I'll take a step back. People talk all the time about how Connor McDavid. I think you actually said it last podcast that Connor McDavid looks faster when he has the puck. Yeah, like that. It, that's impossible, right? And I'm sure you recognize that that's impossible. Nobody gets faster when they have the puck. He could maybe stay the same speed when he doesn't have the puck. But here's the big difference that I see in Connor McDavid, you know, that few other guys in the NHL can do that I don't think many guys in the history of hockey have been able to do. And, and that is um, use your edge work as, as part of your deke. You know, there's guys that used to be able to toe drag. There's guys that used to be able to shift their air, give a little shimmy shake, head fake, and get a guy going the other way. It's not even like that anymore, man. Connor McDavid shifts one way, sends Morgan Riley three feet on the fake, thinking that that's the way he's going to attack his triangle like he always does. And boom, edge work. That's He tries different things when he has the puck. That's the difference. It's it, He doesn't need to make those edge work type of plays and magical um, skating decisions when he doesn't have the puck. So he skates the same speed with it. He does these magical things that, you know, combine head fake with deking with edge work and he has guys f- fucking mesmerized and floored man they're, they're, they're watching him while the puck's already gone bar down that, that's the difference with mcdavid that we've never seen in any other player in the history of hockey that that morgan riley goal was top gun i'm gonna hit the brakes and he's gonna fly right by. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, eh? it, it, there was a, there was a change of speed. That's the, that's the Columbus goal where they that, just went like crashed into the boards. Yeah, but on but on Morgan, he slowed up and went to the same speed as 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 Riley, and then he and then he hit the gas. It's like you talk and about he, hesitation and, dribbles. Yeah, he got he got him paying attention to to the puck a little bit and and mesmerized, and then went the other way. And, you know, once he looked down and looked for the puck, he went the other way and he was gone. Yeah. And, and you know, in, in a basketball sense, he broke his ankles. <laughs> right. Know? That's that's what you talk about, right? Like your hesitation dribble, your little, you know, get the guy thinking one thing and get him looking at the ball and you go the other way. And yeah. By the time his ankles are broken, you've already dunked a over yeah. sh- Sean yeah. Bradley. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's... I mean, it, he was doing something that night that really we haven't seen before on the ice. That <laughs> that was opening up a new window into uh, you know other things that we can do. He does it night after night after night, buddy. Like that's how special this guy is, and how you know blessed we are to have Connor McDavid on our team. That we can watch this type of hockey night in, night out, and no matter what the score is, at the end of the night, be entertained. See the pro- the problem you get into like. You know, as a defender and, and you're defending, you, you usually want to push guys to the outside. 
because you know you you figure that you can, you've got the wall as your friend and you can hammer him into the wall. Well, with yeah. Connor, with Connor, you have to be cognizant not to let him go inside route. But if you let him go outside, he's got those like you know one and a half strides. He's by you and he's got a breakaway on the net yeah. anyway. So, so you're fine. So yeah. So you're kind of you know how do you defend that? You know, you just walk with him all the way to your goalie like. <laughs> If if you attack, 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 he's he's gonna go by you. Like it's, I mean that's that's the ultimate challenge. That's probably why all these players, you know, now they figure well, just take his feet out and see if a call gets made. You right. Because what else do you have? You don't have. That's gonna enough. end though when you have a fifty percent power play. You know what I mean? Like they're not gonna be able to do that anymore. But we're talking like Connor McDavid has an offensive arsenal that's like comparable to James Harden or Kyrie Irving, where. You know, he gives you the pump fake, and if you go for that, then great. But he's going to either beat you with the mid-range jump shot, or he's going to beat you with the hesitation dribble if you bite on that and you know go underneath of you. If you bite on that, he's going to shoot over top of you. Like it's, he's got to play to beat everybody. It's no matter what the D is thrown at him. Yeah, there's a special player from the 90s uh, Bulls era that I would compare him to more now. But yeah. uh, you got to start winning some championships. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, true. You know, the more that basketball analogy goes, they really are Pippen and Jordan, aren't they? You know, like I, I, I put out a poll on Twitter that McDavid was LeBron, and the most heat I got was that, you know, McDavid isn't LeBron. You know, it's, it's different. And Jordan was magical. More Jordan was, you know, that type of uh, see me now, now you don't kind of type player, right? I mean, think of Space wow. Jam. He had this, he had a special sauce for, <laughs> for crying out loud. Michael's secret, um, secrets. Secret yeah. sauce. Thanks. Secret yeah, stuff, yeah. Secret yeah. sauce. So, you know, the, the, McDavid's clearly got the secret stuff as well. And, you know, Pippen is kind of that bulldog like dry sidle, right? It's it's gonna be fun to watch. I hope they get two championships, let alone six championships together. I don't. It's gonna be interesting. You know, you uh, you talk about the Riley play. It's almost like when Jordan would ball fake you, like uh, just, like just, he did to Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, just unreal. Just, just to make fun of him. <laughs> okay, um, you've been shooting all these bullets at me. I gotta ask you a question. Last time we talked was a couple weeks ago. And unfortunately, we had to talk about uh, vaccines and and, uh, and players and how it's affecting the team. And um, we did lead to a conversation somewhere down there where <clears throat> Ken Holland made what you and I both agreed was a, kind of a pointed statement when he was asked in the media scrum about uh, um, giving Archibald a timeline, if you will. And I, you know, I think the verbatim, perhaps answer he gave was Ken Holland gave was you know ask me again in a week or so and I had asked you at that point in time you know was that giving Archie a timeline was that um, was that a threat Um, was that him looking for a trade partner how many days was it between I said that and all of a sudden the Oilers releasing a statement that Archie's got antibodies like should we talk about the Archibald antibody gate or (laughs) what do you want to talk about you know, my question for you is, uh, I I think that statement put out is pretty convenient. Um, I think the fact that all of a sudden Archibald's got antibodies is pretty convenient. And the fact that it's barely been talked about since and swept under a rug has been pretty convenient too. What do you think? Yeah. I, <laughs> it's an easy way out for everybody, isn't it, bud? I'm calling a spade a spade here. I think that that's bullshit. 
I think they put out that statement to make Archibald look all, you know, he doesn't have to get the vaccine. He's got antibodies. Uh, the others did everything they can. And, you know, that's our take on that. And, you know, I it sounded like a bunch of kablooey. It sounded about about as much of bullshit as the Edmonton Elk statement on Joey Moss not being able to enter the locker room. So go ahead and say we're there if you want. I don't want to care. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think the only person that that if if what you're uh, suggesting has any merit to it, I think the only person that really benefits is Josh Archibald. Um, and the organization because they have a I don't, they don't have to go through the fight they don't have the the media attention they still put out a pro pro vaccination statement and and a politically correct covid statement they look like they're following all the all the orders they don't have to make any hard rules they get their out archibald gets his out and nobody talks about it again pretty freaking convenient pie man baked at 350 yeah, I don't know. You had a lot of comments on Joey Moss. I know that that's uh, something I agree with you on as well. It's a tough organization to support these days if that's the type of decision Sutherland is making. And, well, and I don't think that they really uh, addressed the actual Robin Brownlee accusation. They, they didn't. I whatsoever. Mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, I don't think that touches on that. Um I don't I don't think the Elks deserve honestly the benefit of the doubt on this either after, you know, what they did to Dwayne forty yeah, exactly. year employee and ready to start exactly. his fiftieth year your services are no longer required, sir. Yeah. So distractions in the dressing room. What kind of distractions? In that 49-year history, it was there. They were the club that people strove to be. The Elks, or previously named club, were were the upper echelon of, of what CFL franchises tried to be. I don't feel like we're there anymore, man. I don't. I've, well, I've never been a huge Eskimos slash Elks franchise fan. I, I grew up in Saskatchewan. I I'm a Riders fan. I don't bleed CFL, but I I do enjoy it. Um, but this is kind of sad to see being an Edmontonian and watching the Elks operate like this. Eskimos slash Elks back in the day, I mean, they were the New England Patriots before the Patriots were the Patriots without the cheating and, and scandals. You know, they, they were they were the class of the CFL. They, uh, That's right. And, you know, the mighty have fallen. I, I, you know, I remember going to, to games where there was almost – you know, you couldn't find a seat in in Commonwealth. So, it's it's the CFL is not the same as when I was in high school. That's for sure. But some of this stuff, I mean, it just it, it has an odor to it. And I, I said on Twitter, I said I didn't think it was possible for me to hate you know an Edmonton um, yeah. s- sports personality really more than Peter Pocklington. And I, I'm kind of I'm kind of there now. I. I, I think the statement from the Moss family, um, I, I just... It's like they were paid off, man. Like, well, well... They, they uh, had their agreement when he was probably allegedly asked to not be in the dressing room anymore. I'm sure that there was some sort of expectation that was discussed between the Moss family and, yes, Camos slash Elks at that time. 
and that's the statement they're going to stick to. Why, why does the Moss family want a bunch of negative attention? They know the truth. Well, it came, it came from the nephew too, so that that kind of I I I don't know that that just I don't know how I feel about that really. So it, it I don't know. It just there, there's a stink to it for sure, and you know the handling of Ed Hervey and and you know the Tillman Delio and it just I don't know. It, yeah. It's it, it's. It's not the same run organization that I remember, you know, when I used to go watch Gizmo and, and uh, downtown Eddie Brown and, and, and those guys. And, For know, sure. Ricky Ray, um, Damon Allen. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, in, in the last few years, I, I probably since, you know, when I was in grade 11, I lived in Massachusetts. So um, shortly after that, I became a Patriots fan, um, so followed Tom Brady and, and and his career and and all of that and kind of you know I, w- I would still enjoy going to a CFL game um, a few times a year. I went probably about six years ago. took took my sons and you know had a good time and you know it's it's still not uh, it's still entertaining, but uh, I don't know it just. I got a I got a bad taste in my mouth right now and and um, yeah they're not they're not a very good club right now so I guess that makes it easier not to pay attention to them um, but you know I, I just I've got no time for for this it, it it doesn't sit well with me it it seems really contrived and I don't think they've earned the benefit of the doubt so uh, I'm happy to watch the Oilers my Red Sox are in the playoffs although they got pounded tonight but. Uh, yeah, Tampa's a good team. Don't get me started on the Blue Jays. All I got to say to all of that is Massachusetts. Hey, hey now. You got her. Just for you. Blue, Blue Jays get some uh, help in the bullpen. They'll be, a, they'll be a pretty good team. Yeah, man. That was the hardest part to watch just throughout that stretch because <clears throat> those points were valuable, as you can see. Um what an all, what an almost Cinderella story, you know? Like when that series hadn't even started versus the Orioles yet, we needed to win all three, and the Red Sox needed to do this, and the Mariners needed to do that, and the Yankees needed to do that. It sounded like you needed to drop fifteen plinko balls, plinko discs down, and have all fourteen of fifteen of them all land in the same spot. And there we go, we won all three versus the Orioles. There we go that. You know, the Yankees gave us a little bit of a chance. The Mariners let us hang in there. It was it was like crazy to watch that three day stretch. That was fun baseball, but man, I can't believe that that ends up being the Yankees and the fucking Red Sox in that playoff game. Man, I really wanted it to be the Jays and the Sox. I hate the Yankees as much as I can't stand seeing Boston win. I can't stand seeing the Yankees win more. And yeah, I don't think it was their time, and I don't think either one of them are going to get past Tampa Bay anyway. Um, but would have just been fun to complete that Cinderella story? Just to complete that Cinderella story, like to have all those Plinko discs fall in place would have been pretty cool, man. Yeah. Um, Jay's will have a, you know, they'll be they'll be back right in the race again next year. I think they're uh, an up-and-coming club. There's some exciting ball players there for sure to yeah to get behind um you know uh 
I think I think Vlad Jr. is going to be, you know, next 10, 12 years, he's going to be in that race for uh, AL MVP. And, uh, you know, I, he's, he's, a, he's a fun kid to watch. And, you know, he's a lot like his dad. I, I don't think he, he's as wild and careless of a swinger, but because uh, Vladdy would hit, you know, things at his ankles out of the park. and He hit pitches and bounce, dude. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, Vladimir, you probably don't even know this about me, but Vladimir Guerrero Sr. is is my favorite baseball player of all time. Like I've got McFarland figurines and rookie cards, and so to see his kid come up and get drafted by my favorite team, and now to have him come and be in, taken even not as a blue stud pick in the draft, like where they got him in that draft was pretty awesome, and then they just kind of let him grow and blossom and all of a sudden develops a fastest bat speed in the history of baseball. Like, dude, that guy's exit velocity is off the charts. He's becoming a specimen in batting practice like it used to be watching Barry Bonds and Cecil Fielder and those guys, right? Or Jose Canseco, like just almost post-human bat speed creation, which is so, so, so fun to watch. But Vladdy's doing it with good eye. You know, you said his dad swung at bouncing pitches and runs over his head. Vladdy's on base percentage is sick. Like he took a lot of walks. His batting percentage was the best in big baseball. Like, I did, I did, and I he's did. how old? Twenty one. This is gonna be fun. To watch. I didn't. I didn't see the end of it, but uh, you know, did did he hit for the triple crown or was he right close? Uh, he was close for a while, but I think he was like 10 back in RBIs with three games to go or something Mm -hmm. like that. He was, uh, second in home runs, only one behind. I think when he hit his 47th, I think that was when he, when he passed, uh, George Bell and Jose Canseco for most home runs, uh, in a single season, getting second behind Cecil Fielder. Um, but that was also that 47th home run, I think was also the one that he passed Johnny Bench for being the youngest or second youngest 22 year old to hit that many home runs in a season as well so um just oozing potential and uh um you're probably fact checking me while i'm doing this but my my guess would be that he was either first or second in home runs uh first in batting average and i think he was third or second in rbis i I don't think he got all the way there not fact fact checking you on that just uh you should have. Just, you just, should have. I'm curious. <laughs> well, no, just uh, just seeing that uh, it's it's almost like we're still in in the North Division or the All Canadian Division because uh, guess who we play Saturday and kick off the season Wednesday against Calgary, Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver. <laughs> I should have looked ahead for that. Yeah. So is we got it like, the home so, opener is Vancouver? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, what, and then it's Calgary on Saturday. Uh, no, Vancouver. The 16th? Or, yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. So, first weekend game is Calgary. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't totally wrong. But so, Vancouver and Calgary, first up off the hop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. Let's hope that Battle of Alberta brews up. I uh, I really liked Mike Smith tonight. I thought he was pretty good. I thought he, <laughs> I thought he was, like, insane right. with, with the, the puck movement tonight. Like, I think it's pretty rare. Three times, I think it was at least three times in the same game, he caught he caught the Canucks on a change, you know, and sprung guys right at the blue line for good chances. Uh, He's got a better first pass than Cody Cece. Oh, 
I thought CC was better tonight, but there's still there's you know he's, I think he's stu- he was starting. He looks to uncomfortable, s- man. I think he was starting to settle in, but to be honest with you, in that pairing, uh, uh, I think Keith covers him up, you know, and 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 does the and does what? kind of yeah, like behind the net. I thought I thought Keith, Keith was the guy that was was doing more there to get the man if they're anything more than a third pairing defenseman we're screwed we like this really honestly means we need bush bomb to take a step up into the top it just like dude from our episode one of our first flipping podcast we talked about this and like that money that he paid cc and keith he paid topped out dollar five and a half million dollars a season plus caleb jones to get this stupid intangible of leadership that maybe we need, maybe we don't, but yeah. God, thankfully he paid top dollar for it. Sarcasm. It was haphazard. It was stupid. And now that money, like keep Caleb Jones and have Seth there. That's all Chicago did. Why do we need CC? And we didn't need two more number six defensemen. I, I've said that then. And I think that they're playing out that role right now, man. Can you imagine if we had Seth Jones and Darnell nurse as our top pairing? Like, how stupid is the organization to not use Caleb Jones as the bait themselves and try and do that? Maybe Caleb doesn't want to come. I don't know. But maybe he does. Can you imagine? What would we have if Nurse and Jones is a top pairing? Not only just, like, how strong. That's the best top pairing in the in the league. Look at the racial implications. Look at the... Look at how many times has any NHL organization ever iced a top pairing defenseman that are both black? They they missed the boat, man. And now we're sitting here watching Cece and Keith, and it makes me. It's like someone's turning a knife in my back every time I see it because I, I'm, I'm gonna. I was right. I know I'm right. There's, it was it was a terrible use of our cap space, and it's the biggest mistake Hall had made this off season. And I just hope it doesn't burn us, man, because we're gonna make the playoffs. We, we've got this power play. We've got regular season Oilers hockey figured out. Tippett knows how to get us there. What's going to happen when we get there? I, we can't play barn burner hockey. We don't have Grant Fuhrer to win by one every night. We don't. Well, if our power play uh, keeps getting lots of chances, uh, we're, we're, we're going to beat teams just on the power play. But uh, How many chances did we get the last two playoffs? I'll remind you that Connor McDavid didn't draw a penalty in the last seven playoff games. Not one. Yeah. I don't... Personally, I don't think that could keep going. Well, it sure got a lot of attention. Like it'd be a sad state of hockey if it if it does keep going. That said, what's Einstein's version of insanity? Right. Expect you know, I would expect we're going to see the same thing. When is when has it been different in the last decade of hockey? Don't change anything. You expect different results. It's insanity, yeah. Durs. Insanity. Yeah. Yeah, there's. I don't uh, know. I I think the overhaul of our forwards is 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 gonna help. I'm 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 seeing that there is a, like a little bit of settling in on on the back end too. I mean, you know, blame whoever you want to blame, but uh, tonight was. Well, maybe you shouldn't have spent two weeks isolating in a hotel room, and you could have got some chemistry going. That'd be good leadership. There you go. Second game tonight, he he seemed to settle in for for me. I thought he I thought he was better today. Better than what, man? He I think better he than the, better than the first. Is there any stats on one. how many times he ice a puck? I'd like to know that. 
high and hard doesn't work anymore bud like he just fires it out that fuck okay keith is he's brutal if we're gonna keep talking to keith then we probably fired off enough pucks off the crossbars and taken enough coincidental miners for one night but you know talk about something else we can go whatever what do you think our record is uh come next sunday when we're back on the air one and oh buddy oh sunday two and oh I think so. Yeah, I think they can. Why not? Yeah, I, I hope so. Anyways, I mean they should. It's, we can't uh, lose. Have you been watching the preseason? We're <laughs> indestructible. <laughs> well, we we found a way to lose against the Jets, but we didn't really uh, yeah. dr- dr- dress much of a team that night. So yeah, no, exactly. I, I, you know what? I, I thought I thought we're starting to look better. I I, I was I was enjoying the hockey tonight. Um, it, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of hiccups, gave up a couple of power play goals, but I, I don't fault Keith for that second penalty of his. The, the first one, yeah, but the second one, he pushed the guy down. Like, you're a defender. The guy's in, the guy's in prime real estate. And he, and he well, pictures him, on the scorecard, Durst. And, and he gave him a shove down, and, and you're going off for holding. The, 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 to me, that was funny. I laughed yeah. at that. I laughed at that. Holding's this, not this. <laughs> So you sound you sound like you're pretty sure of that, and I'll tell you something. I, I am. You you're but yeah you're but give you a top ten list, and you'll give me thirty five. Like if I had a dollar for every decision you stood beside, I'd be homeless. Bring on bring on Lachansky and see what he says. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think I think he'll agree with me. Uh, holding you got to you, you, you got to pull a jersey, not shove a guy down. Yeah, that's probably true. It doesn't take away from how much of. Uh, decisive grenade you are Ooh. Ooh. There. there you go okay. uh-huh i am nuclear that is me mm-hmm. if i had a dollar for every decision you wafered on i could probably afford duncan key salary myself well there you go maybe you should start paying him i do i'm a season ticket holder i do goddamn salary jesus you know every button to push tonight don't you <laughs> So you're going to get to see him firsthand. Where, where, where are your seats? Uh, we are fifth row uh, pie section. I think it's 124 or something like that. It's, it's the the section that starts three seats wide or whatever, two seats wide, and we're only five rows up. So there's only like six seats in our row or something like that, which is nice. Easy in, easy out. We've got the extra wide seats and aisle seats. So it's nice to get in we're right by the exits so it's get in easy get out easy and you only have one to, you only have one corner that you don't really see good right bit of a blind corner down on the far side i think nice you know what those are old seats so i think we moved up to row 10 or 11 now to be honest actually now that i yeah. think this through it and uh you can see a lot more of that far corner than you used to be able to for sure but um we split our tickets up this year so we uh we got a couple friends that are going um halvesies with us i guess and uh so we've you know got just a chunk of the season tickets um and we kind of strategically took a lot of our games towards the end of the year just because we wanted to see how this pandemic settled out before we go jumping in that barn so truth be told we've uh, got the philadelphia game coming up on the 27th and um other than that, I think where games are into December, January, February, March, and April for the most part. Uh, and I stocked up on games right at the end of the year. And I think it's going to be a close conference. I think it's going to be a close division. Um, Anaheim and San Jose aside, um, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I think anybody can have a run there. Vegas probably is on the top. And then between Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Seattle, I think everybody's kind of going to be able to float around in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm questioning uh, Vegas a little bit because uh, I think they're going to miss Marc-Andre Fleury way more than they were willing to admit. Um, yeah, Leonard's good there too, man. In fact, I put a futures bet on Leonard to win the Vesna about four hours ago. Speaking of bets I made, I had how's this for the Oilers tonight? I had them on the three-way money line. I had them to uh, win the first period. I had them to score the first goal, and I had them to win the game in regulation. The only thing I missed on was on puck line because they were a goal and a half. So if they just scored an empty netter, I would have clean sweeped on like that's on the game tonight. Yeah, and, and there was a chance. Well, I mean, Smith uh, took a shot at it and just about had it, but Dreisaitl got the puck at the blue line there, and I think he was looking for something spe- someone specific to get that puck to for a shot at the empty net. It, and and, and I, don't even think he, I don't even think it went out of our, our end there. Do you remember the that little sequence there? He got the puck kind of close to the blue line. And I can't lo- off the top of my head. And he was looking around for somebody to give it to, and I think like it, it ended up actually staying in our zone. But he he himself from there could have could have shot it down. Won you some money, more money. Won me some more. Did you miss me, bud? Oh man. You know, you know it's. It, You're well, not that, sure. Well, no, we're that old married couple. You know, we we gotta be yeah. together. We gotta be together. You, you gotta, gotta be together. You just need to shut your mouth. Stop you got, playing with boys from Calgary that can't fill my shoes. Well, I mean, you're in size six, so. <laughs> Come on, man. If Jason had a podcast on a podcast spike rack, fucking pigskin podcast would be flower. I've never heard the pigskin part of the fucking pigskin part. Hey, <laughs> that's Pox pigskin, and I don't know. He loves all of it. That's I think all we, I'm gonna say for tonight. I think we talk more football tonight than he has. <laughs> <laughs> well, and his show's focused on hockey then, and he's a Flames fan. Well, that sounds like a tire fire ready to yeah, start. Yeah, that's why you gotta have it, you know, multifaceted because. Yeah talk about the flames all day you're gonna want to just crawl in a closet and cry yourself to sleep in the dark and, and you know just when the whole eichel trade tucked you know going to calgary's stop now it's picked up again because of something friedman tweeted out the other day that whole situation's sad i feel bad for both those parties to be honest it's sad it'll go to an arbitrator i'm sure and somebody will have to figure that out because it doesn't sound like either party's gonna budge and that's just kind of sad for the organization and hockey period really guy shouldn't be able to not go without treatment you know let, let him get a surgery <laughs> something yeah yeah no that's uh i don't know anyway my man i think uh you know we've uh kicked around enough uh snow tonight and <laughs> taking enough coincidental minor roughing in the scrums for yeah. an evening yeah, oh, it was I, fun. I, I I didn't mind palming you in the face a few times tonight. I I missed you, whether you want to admit that you missed me or not. So well, you're, you're you know the the palm of your glove still smells. So um, we'll have to wait till uh, next Sunday to to get back at her. 
I thought Fogel, I thought Fogel was gonna drop the gloves right after Cassian got off the ice. There, did you see that? Next yeah, time? I did. I called, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Speaking of dropping the gloves, I thought Smith was gonna do it earlier in that scrum too. But yeah, and, and oh yeah, oh yeah, we 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 missed this, but. You know, after Leon kind of got bumped there, McDavid kind of took the guy, like, you know, gave him the um, calf roping uh, two-minute two minor there. I've seen McDavid uh, try to get him space himself some space a few times. He's getting a little chippier, man. I don't mind that. It's that whole Mark Messier thing. If you lead with an elbow a few times, the guy will think twice before he does it. So, you know. Yeah, that's the last thing I'll say is you, you were going to talk about uh, – you know, Duncan Keith, all the tape you watch while you were on, on IR and stuff like that. And, you know, you talk, you talk about Messier and, and that's what I think when you, when you, if you were going to go down that train, you know, you're, you're only as good as your last shift. So what, what you did last year, the year before, you know, those cups you won in the past, those Olympics you won in the past, right now it doesn't matter. It's what you do next time you're on the ice. So hopefully it's a good one. That's right, buddy. I agree. All right. Thanks for tuning in, and you'll catch us uh, next Sunday, 9 o'clock. Um, we're switching to Sundays throughout the season, and hopefully we're talking about a couple Oilers win. Uh, keep your sticks on the ice and keep reaching for the stars. Love, everybody. Peace out. From Section 204, Heavy Hockey Podcast with Michael and guests. Heavy Hockey isn't dead. It's just getting started.